Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN AM for Thursday, September 14th, 2023. Our top story today, addressing the lack of retirement access with pooled employer plans. Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Mike Desenjo is with Retirement Ace. Mike, so great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Well, Michael, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. It's good to see you as well. I know we're going to talk about PEPs, MEPs, all things open and close. But before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about the community that you're building, Retirement Ace. Yes, Retirement Ace, Retirement Advisor Circle of Excellence. This is something that Eric Dice and I are building for retirement advisors. And they will be collaborative. There will be curriculum. There will be communication. And this is a forum for them in which to learn on two tracks, one being a fiduciary track for the advisor to better their fiduciary structure and their process and procedures in their offices, but as well as for their clients. The second track will be practice management. Um, We see a lot of advisors out there in the environment who have worked in the business and not worked on the business. Um, So they have grown their revenues and grown their profitability, uh, but they need help with structure, process, um, and building a profitable business or increasing their profitability uh, through things such as efficiency, uh, and putting in that procedural and substantive prudence. So with that, we're bringing advisors together from all over the country. Uh, there will be a monthly meeting where there is the curriculum, both with the fiduciary side and the practice management side, and another meeting that is a mind share to where advisors will get on. They will be able to talk about any subject that they want to bring up. And we'll, of course, survey the, the advisors prior to the week before and ask them for what type of content or subject matter they would like to discuss amongst their Uh, comrades and the camaraderie. And from there, they will then discuss those openly and we will moderate the session. Yeah. And and there's quite a bit going on in the retirement space. So a lot of people dipping their toes in, maybe haven't really experienced, don't know how to build a practice. You're going to help them with that. Mike, one of the areas that I think is really compelling if you're entering the space is the small plan market. And we've seen the state step up with auto IRA programs, but you have helped lead the way with some partners to establish PEPs, open maps, et cetera. First, describe the marketplace to us today. How, how big is this opportunity? Well, I think the marketplace today is a fraction of what it's going to be. Uh, in my opinion, PEPs at some point will be the majority of 401k plans out there in the environment. I mean, what we see today is the vast majority of employers outsource their payroll. So why wouldn't they outsource their 401k? And so in this, that's what the PEP offers is that full outsourcing of the 401k retirement plan business. Um, With that, as I look at what's happened with Secure and where we're going from the standpoint of of long-term part-time being included in these plans, um, that is going to increase participation in plans overall. But with the tax credits, the $5,000 tax credit, plus then another $500 for automatic enrollment, so as much as $5,500, I think that this is going to spur a number of new plans in that small and mid-sized market that don't have plans today. Yeah, it's it's certainly a big opportunity, and Congress trying to address, in their infinite wisdom, the uh, the lack of retirement preparedness, the lack of retirement opportunity to prepare. 
for many Americans. Mike, let's talk about the pooled employer plan, the PEP. Some out there may, may not know all of our crazy acronyms in this crazy business, IRA, MRD, PEP. Uh, what's a, how do you construct a PEP? You need a pooled plan provider. You have to be a pooled plan provider. Can you walk us through a little bit about how they get set up? Yeah, a couple of things. One is uh, no two PEPs are created equally. Um, from what I've seen from the ones I've created, which I've done over 23 of them, uh, but from that standpoint, what I've seen in the marketplace. And so it really varies on the target market that you're after, um, or if you are truly trying to do it for a broad market. Um, I've seen PEPs that have been designed strictly for the small market. I've seen PEPs that have been designed strictly for the large market. So it's been all over the board. Um, and with that, they have different needs, different wants. But I think what happens from the standpoint of designing the PEP is once you have your strategy of who you're trying to serve with the PEP, then the fallout, things fall in place pretty quickly. And that's from the standpoint of the PPP, the 338, the 316, trust and custody, and the 402A, which that is what is missing in a lot of these PEPs out there is there isn't a 402A named fiduciary. It's just the PPP. And that's where I see that employers can really offload a lot of their duties, responsibilities, and liabilities is in those PEPs that have the 402A attached as well. So if you have a 402A, you're really, it's almost like when you're running, you have a fiduciary committee in a sense, that they're responsible for all the investment decisions and all the real key plan decisions under the pooled plan provider that doesn't necessarily exist in, in total com completeness relative to the 402A. Correct. So when you look at this, you, again, the PPP fiduciary, 316 operational fiduciary, the 338 investment manager fiduciary, trust and custody fiduciary, 402A fiduciary. Now what you've done is you relieve that adopting employer of the vast majorities of duties, responsibilities, um, and liabilities. What they really do is turn in payroll, and they're not even responsible for the timing of that payroll either the PPP or the trust company is, is responsible for the timing. From there, what you have is you have what the PP's responsibility is, is selecting who, or who the, excuse me, the adopting employer's responsibility is, is selecting who that PPP is. And that's it. Um, from there, when you set up a plan in this manner, the employer doesn't have to review, sign off, um, approve anything inside of that plan. It is all done by the other entities inside of that path. Mike, I want to take a very quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how an employer can adopt or become part of a PEP. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy.
featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Invesco's latest Show Me the Income study reflects on the evolving retirement industry today as it faces the pressing need to help participants turn their defined contribution plan savings into long-term retirement income. Key findings from the research uncover that nearly 7 in 10 participants fear running out of money in retirement. And only 22% were very confident they could create a retirement income strategy on their own. What can employers do to help? To learn more about the study and request the white paper, visit Invesco.com slash retirement income or contact your Invesco DC professional. Cited research is based on Invesco's work with Greenwald Research. Invesco is not affiliated with Greenwald Research. Invesco Advisors, Inc. is an investment advisor that provides investment advisory and does not sell securities. Invesco Distributors, Inc. is the U.S. distributor for Invesco's retail products and private placements. Both are indirect wholly owned subsidiaries of Invesco Limited. Well, Mike, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. Thank you for having me. All right, Mike. Um, employers out there watching, um, there's a lot, right? I mean, we, we were talking about the joking about the jargon in our industry. There's a lot. How do you get started? If I'm watching Michael and, and I want I'm, the pep sounds interesting to me, how do I either start one or how do I become part of one? Yeah, it first comes from the philosophy of that employer. And they can either go direct to a provider who is offering a PEP, which is the least in ways that this is done. They can go through a payroll company who's doing their payroll, or they can go through an advisor. Um, the advisor can absolutely help in resolving and creating the right opportunity for that employer and what their needs are. So resolving the issues and creating the solution is what that advisor brings to the table. Um, a lot of advisors out there think that the PEP is competing with them when in fact it's not. Um, the reason advisors have thought that is because advisors have made their value proposition over the last several years to be a 338. And most of the PEPs already have a 338 tied to them. There are some PEPs out there that allow the advisor and multiple advisors um, from different firms to be a 338 on that PEP, but the vast majority of them, the 338 is already selected. When you look at the PEP, where the advisor plays is really with reviewing and reviewing all the documents for the employer, helping with plan design. They can even act as a 321 fiduciary, um, but they're also really diving into the employee and participant services, the financial wellness, the financial planning, and helping to truly work with those participants. So it is a bit of an evolution from the standpoint of advisors working with the plan sponsor, which in this case, it would strictly be the PPP, um, but moving to and evolving into a place to where they're working with the plan participant. And um, with that, it brings the advisor other opportunities down the road as those account balances grow, whether that be life insurance, annuities, rollover IRAs, financial planning overall, a number of places to where that advisor can add value and quite frankly, grow their business. 
So Mike, that leads me to ask you, if I'm an advisor, the, the advisors we were talking about before with Retirement Ace, they're kind of joining our community. It's a crazy community. We're always welcoming more people in. Can they set up, I know you, you, you've helped set up 20, but there's still opportunity for more uh, PEPs too, right? So they could take the steps that you helped set up. They could create their own PEP, the uh, XYZ John Doe PEP or whatever you call it. That is correct. And, and that's a big difference with the MEPs. Where with the MEPs, a financial entity cannot be a part of the MEP. With the PEPs, we're bringing professionals from the industry that are actually managing and running that PEP on a daily basis. And so those people that actually deal in this on a daily basis and are experts are the ones that are running and taking on that fiduciary responsibility and liability rather than a lead employer or some named entity that is a part of that MEP. And so that's a big difference between the MEPs and the PEPs. Um, Depending on the situation, one could be right um, for that situation by employer or by entity. But in this, I really see, and I'm seeing this right now, that some MEPs are actually becoming PEPs um, because that lead employer is being relieved of that fiduciary liability and responsibility and duties. So with that, we're seeing an evolution. And we've seen right now, there's over 250 PPPs that have been registered out there. We're seeing tens of thousands of plans that are adopting into PEPs. And those advisors, they can either use a provider's PEP that's already established, or yes, if they have enough business, they could actually develop their own private label or white paper, uh, white label PEP that they can take to the marketplace and where they can be the 338 on every uh, client that comes into and adopts into that PEP. Uh, Mike, I, you know, there's a lot we can, we, we can bring it back, but I want to, I guess, end on an important question, and that's always around fees because 2012, we had fee disclosure rules from our friends at the Department of Labor that has found its way into so many different parts of our business. How do the fees compare? And I should have asked you this at the beginning of the PEP conversation. Apologies, but it just came to me as we were talking. But I just want to lay fears. You mentioned the 338. You mentioned the, the pool plan provider, the PEP, the structure of the plan. How do the fees compare to a small 401k? So if you're going to, if you're going to adopt a PEP, and put it side by side with the fees of just having having your own individual plan could still be individually designed or uh, or not. How do the fees typically compare? When you look at this, it, it, that's a great question. It depends on the PEP again. Um, some would be very comparable to if the plan just did a plan on their own, um, but it will relieve more of the fiduciary liabilities going in the PEP. So with this, it, it's really not about the fees to me. To me, it's more about somebody who's really looking to outsource every aspect of running that retirement plan so that they can focus on growing their business, growing their revenues, growing their profitability, and their HR department can work on back-to-work issues and actually HR issues rather than managing this retirement plan. So to yeah, me, yes, the fee can be less, but from the standpoint, the real value here is it's the total outsource of the retirement plan. And, and Mike, I, I lied. That's not the last question. I do this all the time. In, in turn, this is my last question. Who, in, in making these decisions, and, and you know, I've been in some of these meetings, not your meetings, but I've been in meetings. Uh, you've got the CFO, the CEO, um, the CHRO, the human resource person. Who typically is bring is the right person to connect with? Is it the HR head of HR, or is it the CFO that really kind of drives this? Because I could see a cost component, and I could see an HR like a qualitative component saying, "Hey." let's push this off of our table and let's focus on our people. They're our most important asset. In my opinion, it's, it's either HR 
the CFO, or both, depending on the size of the firm um, and what resources that firm has. Uh, as we look at the smaller companies, they may not have all those positions, or it may be one person that is fulfilling multiple roles. So it all depends, but I would say it's, it's either one or both that you would go to from the standpoint of having these discussions. And I will say this, I will say this too, is PEPs are, they're not bought, they're sold. So the advisors bring these to the table, bring these to the, the plan sponsor or the company or entity's awareness. Um, I don't see yet where the individual companies uh, are coming and raising their hand and saying, hey, can you bring me a PEP? Um, the momentum is starting to build, but today they're still sold. Yeah, well, and, and, you, and to do that selling, you have to explain it. There's a lot of education that just goes into our business and you know you got to take people from point A to point Z in order to get them there. Mike, we're going to have to leave it there. Great to see you as always. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again. Very Thank soon. you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. And that wraps up this episode of BRN AM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to? Drop us a line and don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? We'll visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRN AM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. And don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.